I was watching the news a couple nights ago, and if you don't know the background, I'm not a big fan of ABC News, particularly with World News Tonight. To me, they should be paying, they should be registering as a contributor to the Joe Biden campaign because they are basically providing the lip service to the Biden administration. They are, in my opinion, Pravda. Uh, they are they are the government's apparatchiks of what they want to get out. And this story that I'm about to play for you was on a couple of nights ago. I think it was last Thursday. And I've got the whole thing for you, and I'll play it for you. And basically the story, which I, I almost fell out of my seat from laughing at it, was that they had come up with a scoop and a scoop in investigation or investigative journalism is when you get information that no one else has because of your sources, and your sources will provide you information. But we've learned in the past that, especially during the whole Trump-Russia collusion debacle, that the media was used as a way of giving credence to stories that would then be picked up by the FBI or the CIA or whatever investigative agency that's involved. So as in the case of Trump, which happens often, is that a government source will tip off uh, a, a news person, in this case, Jonathan Carl, who has never done anything uh, even close to a profile piece on Trump that doesn't involve Trump being a complete idiot or whatever, it's clear that Jonathan Carl is a biased journalist, which which is wrong. You're supposed to be objective. And this latest piece just proves that it was a plant. It was, I, I believe, it was a plant of information in order to perk up the ears of law enforcement, so that they may want to try to investigate based on hearsay, third-hand testimony, and sources that are never revealed. And the number of times that they mention the word allegedly in this piece reveals that this story is nothing. I mean, basically the story is, and it was breaking news on ABC News last night after they went through the litany of all the headlines and what they were talking about, and they get to their first story. Now, you have to remember that ABC News, while the numbers are nowhere near what they were in the days of Peter Jennings and in the old days when journalists were allegedly unbiased, uh, they're a, a shadow of their former self because we all get our news from a million different places. But across America, thanks to the FCC and the fact that every town has an ABC, an NBC, and a CBS affiliate, they get the lion's share, whatever that lion's share of TV viewers, people that have satellite and people that get free TV. I mean, you can get ABC on a TV with little more than rabbit ears antenna. It's out there. It's over the airwaves. So by default, they're given this humongous audience across America to spread their pop propaganda. Uh, so you're talking at least 10 million people on any given night might be tuned into ABC. That's a big deal. 10 million people in the United States that they can reach into every night with whatever propaganda they want to push. That's why I'm talking about it, because to me, if you, are, if you are spreading propaganda for the sole purpose of aiding the FBI or whatever intelligence agency into, do, into doing a seek and destroy or discredit 
then you should be held to account. Don't you agree? I mean, if you're using your media, in this case, Kim Bryant, ABC, Disney, they're using the platform of ABC World News Tonight and Good Morning America and all these others to promote propaganda that has been sourced back to the government. Jonathan Carl gets a phone call. It's a source. Hey, I've got this scoop. I'm going to tell you what I heard. It comes from sources that I cannot yet reveal, and we think we've got them. So if you want to run with it, and then what happens? After they run with the story, then the story becomes credible. It's got ABC News' stamp on it. It's a public interest because the entire country has been informed of it. So they have to take it seriously, and they run with it. What's the story? Take a listen to this, and then we'll examine it. Take a listen. We turn now to an ABC News exclusive involving former President Trump and nuclear secrets. Sources telling ABC News an Australian billionaire who was friends with Trump has told special counsel Jack Smith's team that the former president shared potentially sensitive information about America's nuclear submarine. Okay, so that's pretty scary, right? It would be, in any other circumstance, might, might be a real big story, except for the fact that you heard the term potentially, allegedly, the source uh, was exclusive to ABC. If this was this big of a story, why didn't CBS pick up on it? Why didn't NBC? Why did only Jonathan Carl get the call? It's a good question. So the story is that he, Trump, during his term in office, went around and bragged about having nuclear secrets involving submarines. And one particular pal that he had from Mar-a-Lago he leaned in, you'll hear about it. He leaned in according to the source and whispered into his ear, Hey, guess what? I've got nuclear submarine secrets I'm going to tell you, but don't tell anybody else. It turns out later the guy goes and tells 35 friends. This is all according to the government source. Let's continue. While at Mar-a-Lago and after Donald Trump left the White House, ABC News learning that that billionaire allegedly then shared those U.S. nuclear secrets with dozens of others, including foreign officials, even his own employees. Here's Jonathan Carl. Now, before we get to Jonathan Carl's hit piece, think about that for a moment. Do you think it's realistic that Trump is so stupid that he would whisper nuclear codes to a friend, and then that friend, who is apparently a very successful billionaire in Australia that, of course, nobody here can actually reach out and contact, do you think that person would be stupid enough to spread to 30, 40 people what his best pal and friend told him? Do you think that somebody who has that much business sagacity, that much entrepreneurial smarts, would turn around and betray his friend, who happens to be the president of the United States, by divulging important military secrets? That doesn't even seem possible. And yet ABC ran with it. An Australian billionaire and member of Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago Club has told special counsel Jack Smith's team that the former president told him potentially sensitive information about the capabilities of America's nuclear submarines. Sources familiar with the matter tell ABC News. The alleged disclosure took place at Mar-a-Lago in April 2021, months after Trump left the White House. So this is after he left the White House, Trump's running around the country spreading nuclear secrets. How much, I have a, a real good theory, but let's continue to listen to Jonathan spew all of this incredible information that he got 
from an anonymous source. The billionaire, Anthony Pratt of U.S.-based Pratt Industries, then shared the information with scores of others, including more than a dozen foreign officials, several of his own employees, and a handful of journalists, according to the sources familiar with the matter. Now, the sources familiar to the matter are probably deep state secretaries or information handlers, and they're taking the ball and running with it and giving it to Jonathan Carl so that he'll run with the story and give it some degree of credibility. And, and, and the story just gets worse and worse. Pratt has been close to Trump for years. Anthony is one of the most successful men in the world, uh, perhaps Australia's most successful man, as they say. According to sources, Pratt told investigators that when Trump told him the sensitive information, the former president was leaning towards him as if to be discreet. Hey, I got a secret for you. It's huge. I got a secret for you there, Pratt. Don't go telling anybody. Don't, don't whisper a word to anybody. Allegedly sharing two critical pieces of information about U.S. nuclear subs. The supposed exact number of nuclear warheads they routinely carry and exactly how close they supposedly can get to a Russian submarine. The specific capabilities of America's nuclear submarines is a tightly guarded national security secret. Sources tell ABC News that no sooner had Trump shared the information with Pratt, the Australian billionaire started telling other people. Now, now he's saying he went from source to sources. Now it's more than one person who's giving this information. And it makes you wonder, who would have this information? Would they be entitled to know this information? Are they at a security level that's higher than, say, normal security? Maybe they have a high security clearance? What the hell are they doing calling ABC News and divulging what sounds like sensitive information? Those sources tell ABC that one of Trump's former employees at Mar-a-Lago told investigators that minutes after Trump spoke to Pratt, he heard the Australian telling someone else what Trump had told him. Now, that's a third source. Now we have the source in the deep state. We have another source that's maybe concurring with the deep state source. And now they go over to an employee who works at Mar-a-Lago who reports being there when Trump leaned in and said, hey, guess what? Let me tell you a bit about, about our subs. But we now know all of this is confirmed by an anonymous employee at Mar-a-Lago. In all, Pratt described what the former president had told him in emails and in conversations with at least 45 others, including wow. six journalists, 11 of his company's employees, 10 Australian officials, and three former Australian prime ministers. And a partridge in a pear tree. So all of these journalists were told, and we haven't heard about the story until now, that's curious. The potential disclosure was uncovered as part of the investigation potential. into Trump's alleged mishandling of classified alleged. documents. But there is no indication that Trump showed the Australian any of those classified documents. So the very end of the story, there's no evidence to support any of what you've just been listening to. That's what he says. Let's try it again. Australian, any of those classified documents. It's unclear if the information Trump allegedly shared with Pratt was accurate, but ABC News was told the investigators asked Pratt not to repeat it, suggesting it was too sensitive to share. Oh, yeah, and they just let Although go. there's no indication that this involved classified documents, it gets to how Trump treated sensitive military secrets. And folks, none of this will go anywhere, just like all the other stories. A true partnership between the deep state and our American media. Like a hand in a glove. Be right back.
speaking out, America. Welcome back to Speaking Out America. I'm your host, Jim Watkins, Cam Edwards from BearingArms.com and also SAF.org, Second Amendment Foundation, joining us. Talk about what's going on in the news today. You know, we were talking off my Cam, and I'm glad to have you back. Um, we were talking about how the problem with a lot of these folks now, like the Jeff Bezos in the world and the Mark Zuckerbergs, who are just insanely rich, and they have they don't know what to do with all that cash— so they're going out and they're giving all their money to these left-wing progressive groups that are supporting BLM and Antifa and the transgender ideology movement. And I know nothing like none of this has to do with the reason you're on here today. But we started talking about your founder, a man by the name of Alan Gottlieb, who, uh, as you inform me, has been uh, spearheading the Second Amendment Foundation since the 70s, which is an organization dedicated to educating people about the Second Amendment. It's so crucial to our freedom in America. Don't you wish that these rich oligarchs would, would put their money in causes that would actually help America, like Alan? I mean, why why is it that it seems like, and I, maybe you don't have the answer to this, maybe you do, uh, you write a lot on BearingArms.com, why do the left, the, the wealthy left, always put their money in the wrong arena when it comes to american integrity seems like they're working against us yeah it's a it's a it's a great question and yes i mean you know in the gun control movement we've got uh, michael bloomberg that's that's the anti-gun billionaire right who uh yeah has spent hundreds of millions of dollars over the years trying to um reduce or eradicate our right to keep and bear arms and yeah it would be great if we had a couple of billionaires on our side who were willing to you know dig deep and uh, spend the money to protect our right to keep and bear arms. But, yeah, I think part of it has to do with geography, right? So you look yeah. at uh, where a lot of these uh, billionaires live and work, and they're not in the heartland, right? They're not in these conservative places. So if they want to have their circle of friends, if they want to be invited to the right cocktail parties or have people show up to theirs, then I think that they tend to adopt that progressive ideology, um, a case in point, we're not talking about billionaires now, but uh, Paul Clement, former Solicitor General of the United States, well-respected attorney. Um, in the Bruin case that was decided by the Supreme Court last year, he was the winning attorney. He was the attorney that represented the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association when the Supreme Court said, yes, you do have a right to bear arms in public and self-defense. Paul Clement got back to his office. He should have been celebrated. His, his law firm should have held a party for him. Instead, they told him and his partner, hey, we don't want you handling Second Amendment cases anymore. Wow. Uh, you know, it's just kind of icky, right? It, it is causing a little, little bit of problems for uh, our firm or for our social lives. And he actually left that law firm, uh, went into practice with uh, by himself and his colleague because simply expressing support and defending the constitutional right to keep and bear arms um, it, it's, it's, it's verboten, it's forbidden in these circles. Yeah. That's how disgusting it is. Well, and that's why we're having the problems that we have. I just had a gentleman on the other day who is decidedly worked in Google. He was a high, I guess, ranking employee, and he learned, he taught, he fell in love with, with uh, rifles and shooting and, 
Uh, and, he, and he got he actually won an award and he was on a TV show for it. And he realized after he left Google, <laughs> just how Chris Chang. Yeah, I know yeah. Chris well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and he says, and I, he says, you know, I have to educate these people why it's important for you to know that having a gun is not a bad thing; it can save your life. And I've also talked to a lot of liberal friends in California, uh, particularly women. And now I think it was either you or someone else who told me that women, black women, are are purchasing guns at a higher rate than any other demographic right now. Why do you think that is? Right. So. Um, and what, why is that? I mean, you know, crime in the cities, uh, grab and loot and whatever else is going on, youth rebellion, people feel afraid right now. And that's why gun sales mm-hmm. are up. So, but then you got the Biden administration, uh, as you pointed out last week, that's working against the people, trying to make it harder to get weapons and things like that. So we've got our job cut out for us. What do you think of Jim Jordan and the House speakership and all that? Uh, I know that it does have something to do with you because whoever is that House Speaker is going to drive the policy, and Second Amendment issues are in the forefront. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, and I, I want to make clear that uh, I'm speaking as an individual here when I'm giving my point of view and sure. not uh, speaking for the Second Amendment Foundation. But, you know, I hope the Republican caucus uh, can come together and unite behind a candidate. Uh, and it looks like right now Jim Jordan's the favorite. What I don't want to see are you know weeks of deliberations nobody can find a vote um i i I think it was absolutely stupid uh the way that kevin mccarthy was ousted with these eight uh, or or six republicans joining with democrats to do so i think that was so short-sighted one of them is my own congressman representative bob good uh from virginia and i am i'm just i i I don't see the end game i don't see the point um i don't think that jim jordan is going to be in any better position than kevin mccarthy was to advance the agenda of uh, Matt Gates or those Republican congressmen who thought that uh, McCarthy needed to go. Um, I think the best thing Republicans can do right now, though, is, again, to rally behind a candidate, try to put this behind them. And with the next speaker, I think, you know, uh, people like Matt Gates need to understand the political environment in which they're operating in. Um, and the American people don't really, you know, listen, you know, we're talking about elections coming up a little more than a year. We've got elections in Virginia here in less than a month. Um, most Americans are not partisan conservatives. They're not partisan progressives. Independents are the biggest group of voters in the country right now. Mm. And if we're not speaking to them, we're in danger of losing these elections. And when we lose these elections, we're in grave danger of losing our rights, including our right to keep and bear arms. Yeah, no question about that. What are the hot ticket issues right now for the Second Amendment Foundation? What are they most concerned in the uh, in the near future? Well, you know, we have more than 50 active lawsuits going on around the country right now. Um, this is a supercharged moment for the Second Amendment. So we've got a case coming up before the Supreme Court. It's not one of our cases, uh, but there is a Second Amendment case coming up before the court next month called U.S. versus Rahimi. Uh, this is a case dealing with prohibited persons and basically, you know, what kind of standard can be used to deprive people of their right to keep and bear arms. So that's critically important. There are a couple of other cases that are going to be heard in conference uh, at the Supreme Court over the coming weeks, including the ATF's ban on bump stocks. Um, these are all critically important. But, you know, we're also seeing states like California, Maryland, New Jersey, Hawaii, and others uh, that had these sort of May issue laws where they restricted people from obtaining a concealed carry license. Now the Supreme Court has said, you can't do that. You got to have these shall issue policies. Well, now these states are saying, okay, fine, we'll give you your license, but you can't carry anywhere. And it's going to be a felony if we catch you in one of these gun free zones. So, uh, Second Amendment Foundation is fighting back all across the country against these types of carry bans, these quote unquote sensitive places. And I think that is probably the biggest issue uh, impacting gun owners right now. 
So it's fair to say that the Second Amendment Foundation, the way that people can help you, I imagine these lit- the uh, litigation is not cheap, and the lawyers, the attorneys that are involved with the Second Amendment Foundation, uh, they have to get funding, right? I mean, they're not working for free, are they? Yeah. No, they're not. And, you know, a lot of times um, when we win these lawsuits, we can recover at least some of these legal fees, uh, which allows us, again, to use that money and, and, and start to file more lawsuits. But uh, that's exactly right. You know, it can take a million dollars or more to take a case up to the Supreme Court. And as we were just talking about, we don't have billionaires that are, you know, reaching in and to their wallet and uh, or uh, writing checks for us. So, yeah. you know, these lawsuits are funded by gun owners across the country. And if folks want to be a part of that effort, saf.org is the website. And I would strongly encourage folks to do so. You know, we're fighting from coast to coast in almost every state of the union uh, to defend and strengthen our right to keep and bear arms. Well, I'm part of that fight, and I want to help support you. So saf.org is where you can go to start your journey. Uh, let's back these people. It's got to be grassroots. It's for us, and they're fighting for us. So uh, Cam Edwards, you can also read his writings on bearingarms.com. Uh, Cam Edwards, will talk to you again next week. Speaking out America, Jim Watkins will continue in just a moment. 